This film is lit, the podcast where we finally settle the score on one simple question. Is the book really better than the movie? I'm Brian. I have a film degree, so I watch the movie, but don't read the book. And I'm Katie. I have an English degree, so I do things the right way and read the book before we watch the movie. Look, some of us are lazy, all right? If by lazy you mean wrong. Prepare to be wowed by our expertise and charm as we dissect all of your favorite film adaptations and decide whether the silver screen or the written word did it better. So turn it up, settle in, and get ready for spoilers. Because guess what? This film is lit. teenage girl discovers that she's the heir to the throne of a small European country. It's The Princess Diaries, and this film is lit. Hello and welcome back to the 17th episode of This Film is Lit. I want to apologize right off the bat for any extraneous noise that may or may not be heard during this episode i'll do my best to clean it out but we live in an apartment and our upstairs neighbors are obnoxiously loud oh we have the best neighbors in the world they're amazing been a continuing theme for the last year and a half of having just the best upstairs neighbors (laughs) one right now is stomping around the kitchen the other sounds like he's uh, perfecting his wrapping skills in another bedroom so hopefully that will be mostly inaudible, but if you hear the occasional weird thud, that's what that is. But on this episode, we're talking about The Princess Diaries, and uh, we thought we are going to add a new segment, kind of. We don't really have a theme for it yet, or a name. We'll get there. Uh, we're, so we're just going to do it before we jump into our regular segments. And this is to kind of, if people haven't watched the movie recently, or they haven't read the book, it's a bit of a synopsis. So they can kind of be caught up. And we're going to do it in two parts. We're going to do my synopsis of the film. And then you're going to give... I'm going to leave. And you're going to give a brief synopsis of the book. Or maybe we'll do that backwards. Either which way. Either way. But you're going to leave the room so you don't get any book spoilers. I get any spoilers so that my was that in the book isn't tainted by certain elements that you may or may not mention in the synopsis. So let's do it that way. We're going to do your book first. I'm going to leave... And I'll be back in... I mean, you can just come get me. Okay. Mia Thermopolis is a pretty ordinary, albeit tall and flat-chested, teenage girl. She lives with her artist mother in New York City, and she only sees her estranged father over the summer, which is just the way she likes it. Her world comes crashing down with the news that her father can no longer have children, meaning that shy, unassertive Mia is now the heir to the throne of Genovia. From the trials of princess lessons with her flamboyant grandmother to the tribulations of her crush turning out to be a jerk, Mia goes through the ringer and eventually learns how to be more confident in her own abilities. All right, I'm back from the seclusion chamber. It's like in a a family feud where they put him in the other room. (laughs) Put headphones on them. All right. So here's my synopsis of the film. Princess Diaries is a story of a rich white girl 
living in downtown San Francisco, who's moderately unpopular at her high school because she has bushy hair and big eyebrows. She finds out she's actually the princess of Genovia, a made-up European country, and and has decided, and has to decide, whether she wants to keep being moderately rich, moderately attractive, and moderately unpopular, Mia, or super mega and super popular Mia. She mostly chooses the super rich, super pretty, super popular version, but she's like pretty humble and chill about it. So there's your moral. The end. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um. So yeah, I, I was again. Mine was a bit tongue in cheek, but that is basically generally what happens. Uh, she finds out she's. Uh, on her 15th birthday, she finds out her dad was the prince of, or the king or prince of Genovia. Yeah. And, um, and that she is heir to the throne, essentially. Or no. Yeah. Because her, her her grandma is on the throne. Is the queen. Yes. And so she's the princess of... And then she has to decide in the film, she gets to decide whether or not she wants to keep her title and go be princess or re- uh, renounce her title and stay in America and kind of be normal, I guess. But well then off that note, let's jump right in to guess who. Who are you? No one of consequence. I must know. Get used to disappointment. Okay. I have four guess who's and a bonus guess who. Okay. Which won't really be guessing. Okay. But we'll get there. Alright. Okay. Six feet of unadulterated hotness, blonde hair often falling into his clear blue eyes, and that sweet, sleepy smile. Okay, this is the the the, the blonde dude. The I don't know his name. I don't know any of these people's names other than Mia. So you have to forgive me on that one. Oh, and <laughs> Joe. But uh, yeah, it's the I had the blonde love interest crush. Yeah, Josh. Josh. Okay. Boom. Nailed it. I was going to go with Mandy Moore until you said he, and then I was like, all right, thank goodness. I don't know if Mandy Moore is six feet tall. Oh, right. Well, I guess she can. Yeah. I I don't know how tall Mandy Moore is. Yeah. Okay, here's our next one. She's short and round and kind of resembles a pug. Okay. Um, uh, Short and round resembles a pug doesn't strike I mean the only, I would say maybe her friend or maybe the queen but that doesn't seem or that one lady but she's not short or around but uh the the I don't even know her I don't even know if they ever have a name the the wife of the guy who thinks they may take over the throne if she if i don't even know i was very confused at what their whole deal was who they even were or why they would assume the throne but his wife would be my only other thought because it sounds like a mean description and that seems like the kind of character you would potentially describe in sort of a mean way because she's not a nice person in the movie i'm gonna go with her friend it is her friend it's <sighs> lily thank goodness lily that's right that's her name you know, because she's not short or... I mean, maybe she's short. I don't know. She didn't seem particularly... She seems kind of an average height, if you will. Um, and she's not particularly round, depending on 
your definition of that word. But yeah. uh, but she does have a, a very particular. That actress has a very particular face that's sort of up to, with an upturned nose mm-hmm. and like. So I could see that being pug-like, maybe <laughs> not really, but that was the only reason that pointed me that direction. Two for two. She wears these really fancy negligees to bed with big lace sections that everything shows through. Plus, even though she takes off her makeup to sleep, she still has on eyeliner because she had it tattooed on her eyelids back in the 80s. Okay, now this sounds like it could be that dude's wife. I'm trying to think of who else because it had it done in the 80s. But if it had to be an older character, it doesn't sound like... It could be. That's like a rich person thing. It could be the queen, but I don't think that that sounds trashy. It's like something that that you would do. I think the queen would be way too classy to tattoo eyeliner on her face. Um, I can't think of anybody else. It would be other than whoever that couple is that thinks they're going to get the throne. His wife. I'm going with that. It's actually the queen. Ow. I, I mean, like I said, I, I thought that was a chant at that, but. Was that a fad, tattooing eyeliner on? I don't know if it was a fad, but the Queen's character is, like, completely different. Oh, okay. She's not... She's not, she's not Julie Andrews. Julie Andrews? No. All right. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> well, then. Okay. She was wearing a new outfit. It was this sort of Spanish skirt in all these different colors and a sort of off-the-shoulder top. Her long hair was all over the place, and she looked really great. God. Um, Again, my my guess here would have to be Mandy Moore's character, or her mom, I guess. And that would be a thing you would say about your mom. She looks really great. Like, it's not like a... It's not weird. It's not a weird thing to say. (laughs) I'm going to go with her mom. It is her mom. (sighs) Hold that one out. (laughs) On this one. (laughs) With Mandy Moore's character, whatever her name is. All right, three for four. Um, and then I have a bonus. B-b-b-bonus! And it's a bonus because there is no way for me to read it without giving it away. <laughs> because it's a description of Mia. Oh, and the book yeah, is yeah the book like is told first person so there was really like I kind of tried to play around with, with it like, like can switching. I change out the pronouns yeah. but it didn't really work I've been thinking about that with the ready not to get up but I've been thinking about with Ready Player One trying to figure out I'm like some of these feel like they're going to be so obvious that I yeah. would have to like change certain words or something well, well again we'll get there we'll get there but okay so this is Mia all right so this is how Mia describes herself in the book. You never saw anyone who looked less like a princess than I do. I mean, I have really bad hair that isn't curly or straight. It's sort of triangular, so I have to wear it really short or I look like a yield sign. And it isn't blonde or brunette. It's in the middle, the sort of color they call mouse brown or dishwater blonde. Attractive, huh? And I have really, I have a really big mouth and no breasts and feet that look like skis. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> so your hair is definitely just brown in the movie. Yeah, not dishwater blonde or whatever. Like I would say, it's just brown. She has brown hair. But I mean, the rest of it. If, if, I mean, other than the feet thing, I mean, you don't really well, she's not flat chested. No, she she makes a joke that she is. Yeah, at one point. But she's and she she's she's. 
I mean, and she's not like super deeper. No, she's not the super developed, developed but, but also she's only fifteen, so it's not like she, you know, she's still got a couple years to. Yeah. But yeah, no, she's definitely not. Yeah, I wouldn't say flash chested. But like, she describes her hair as triangular, and all I could picture when I was reading the book, um, you know, the old Dilbert cartoon. Yeah. There's a character yeah. in that I can't like. I can't remember. No, it's the it's the female. Yeah, it's the, it's woman. the female character, and yeah. I can't remember anything about her other than that her hair was like a perfect triangle. Yeah, yeah, and they kind of do that <laughs> in the movie. I mean, like when her with the thing we talked about in the prequel episode about the hair piece that she wears, mm-hmm. it does. It's it's that super poofy, and it's almost like a triangle. But it's yeah, yeah, the, the Dilbert, yeah, for, yeah. There is a Dilbert <laughs> character, um, which spoilers the guy who writes Dilbert is like. A giant idiot. No. Oh, is he? <laughs> he turned into a giant MAGA Trump head. Like, <laughs> oh my God, he's. If you hear some interviews with him, he he like thinks everything Donald Trump said is says is like like some super brilliant ploy that we all just oh, don't understand. Okay. Like we just don't like he. We can't comprehend his brilliance, and he's playing. He's one of those like he's playing chess on a seven D level. Like, sure, oh, it's, it's hilarious, sure. but. Yeah. Oh no, I don't. I don't know really anything about Dilbert. Yeah, it's just it a was generic like office the, comedy. The, it was always the cartoon and the and the funny pages read. that I didn't yeah. read because I didn't think it was funny no. when I was nine years old. The one I never read. I would read Dilbert sometimes because at least it was short. <laughs> the one I always hated was the. Uh, oh, what was it called? It was because it was like a soap opera. But it was in the comic sec Doonesbury, maybe? Was it I think I know it, I think it might it's have Doonesbury. been Doonesbury or um not Prince Valiant. Uh I'm thinking I'm pretty sure I'm thinking of Doonesbury. I don't even know how it's spelled. I looked it up and I can't find it. Oh, there it was. Yeah, Doonesbury is what I was thinking of. Yeah, because it to me it was just like it was like reading a soap opera three panels at a time that I like wasn't interested in. And I was like, "This is who reads this?" Like, grown up. And I guess yeah, to me it's one of those things. that's really weird to do in the short segment in the short format they did it. Like it makes more sense. It's like reading Archie or something, I would guess. But like normally mm-hmm. those, I thought you know you get them in a comic book where you get right a whole episode basically <laughs> or something instead of like three. <laughs> You get one panel of a page of a... It was so strange to me. I never got why anybody would read that. And there was no jokes in it. It wasn't funny. It was, like, it was just like people's lives. <laughs> I was like, this is stupid. Very boring. Yeah. Okay, but, we got, sorry. We're yeah, yeah, really we off talking. topic there. Um, so that's how she describes herself. When she gets her makeover in the book, they actually give her like a pixie cut and dye oh, it blonde. Really? Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Which I don't... No, would have worked on Anne Hathaway, a blonde pixie. Mm, I mean, maybe, but probably not. I mean, she's had a pixie cut. Yeah, before. but it was dark. Yeah, she pretty much always has dark hair. I she mean, would I... look very strange, blonde. Yeah, because her eyes are so dark. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on <laughs> to send the book. Nicholas Flamel is the only known maker of the Philosopher's Stone. The what? Honestly, don't you two read? All right. I got a handful of things here. Um, that I want to know what then were they in the book? Because that felt like a lot of these things probably could have not been in the book. First, do they live in a, an old fire station in downtown San Francisco that has a fireman's pole in it? No. 
On all counts, or... On all counts. Brilliant. They live in a loft in New York City. Uh, not much work. Not... <laughs> I mean, yes, different, but not less money, <laughs> probably. <laughs> Although smaller, but... Yeah. Different venue, so... Okay. But yeah, so... Because that was... that was The house has a lot... It was a really neat house. There's a lot of interesting personality to it, and the whole fireman's pole thing. And I'm sure you had, like, a little hideout up through like a cubby hole mm-hmm. and so none of that really is is portrayed in the book mm-hmm. of no she just yeah it was part of my one of my and I, we'll get to it later but it was one of my i don't know problems is the right word i think you got a hint of it from oh, from your synopsis. <laughs> my synopsis but it was just sort of i don't know I was expecting, I honestly wasn't expecting her to be so well-to-do, like, quite so well. It's one thing to, like, if she was, like, just sort of generically middle-class, like, suburban life, which is what I was expecting for some reason. Mm-hmm. But she, like, goes to a private, super fancy private school. They live in one of the most expensive, I don't know if San Francisco is one of the most expensive cities, in, but it's 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 one of the more expensive cities to live in. I would imagine in America, it's probably in the top 20 or something, especially to live in a big of a place as they do downtown. And now I know some of that is explained away later with that her dad paid for her schooling. They say that at one point, but to me, my, in my head, it and, and this is just my own perception without knowing anything about it. I thought it was going to be more, not rags to riches, but like she, <laughs> When she has to make the choice about whether or not she wants to be a princess, it's a little different to me. It was an interesting thing that I wasn't expecting for the choice to be, be between, like I said, go run a country and be live in a castle or continue living in the, the coolest place that nobody could ever possibly afford to live already anyways. <laughs> not nobody, but like most normal people uh, and live a pretty normal life. It just, I don't know. It wasn't quite what I was expecting, but I don't know if I have a problem with it because the movie's about different things, but it's still a little whatever. Okay, so a couple, uh, I have a couple thoughts. Go for it. I want you to. I don't, I'm not, I've seen this movie once and I. (laughs) So first off, it's absolutely not a Cinderella story. Right. It's, it's just not. No. It's not about her, like, really change i mean like technically she does change social class right but but yeah no it i mean the story is about how she matures Uh right it's about her character growth Mm -hmm. as opposed to being about this is how i rose above my station kind of a thing that cinderella is more often portrayed as and I mean, it, to me, it kind of sounds like you were expecting more of a Cinderella type thing. I guess I was only in the sense that, not even more of a Cinderella thing. I wasn't expecting her to be some like downtrod. I, I just wasn't expecting. I don't know. I, I guess it. I don't know what it was. I, 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 I just wasn't expecting her to be so goddamn privileged already. <laughs> Like at the beginning of the movie, <laughs> like and now there's there is a very much and I, and I don't want I don't mean to take away from it. I, I'm just or to to even necessarily critique that or say that you can't have that 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 that, that you know that's just a 
you can tell your story that way. I don't even have a problem with it, and that can be the character she is, and she can still have all kinds of problems. Because I don't, you know, it's not like you can be well to do and not have issues and not need, you know, not need to learn and grow, and that not and and that even that children watching it couldn't identify any less with that person or anything like that. I just wasn't expecting it, and it made right. me, I don't know, it made me kind of chuckle when I was like. Just because and I knew nothing about it, and I, like I said, I guess I was expecting more. And again, I wasn't expecting a Cinderella story. I wasn't expecting like, you know, she was grow grew up living in a in a cupboard or whatever. But like, <laughs> I just wasn't expecting her to already be rich, like at the beginning of the movie, mm-hmm. like real rich, like really well to do, and like I go to pri- like a super fancy private school, and like. I don't know. It just wasn't what I was expecting. So I was like, all right. All right. See, and I, I guess the difference here is that, like, now as an adult, I see what you're saying about her being wealthier, but I never perceived it like that as a kid. Yeah. Like, to me, like, I went to a private school, and we didn't have money. Right. And, like, I, to me, like, she was living with her single mother and... um. You know, she went to the private school, but they made a point that her dad paid right. for it. And I I mean, I, I totally see what you're saying now as an adult, but back in the year 2001, definitely did not perceive it that way. That's fair. I, I don't think I would have either. And I'm not, and again, I'm not even saying it's a bad thing. It was just, was, I don't know. I've already, I'm just repeating myself to say it wasn't what I was <laughs> expecting another eight times. It was just so, it just felt to me a little, you know, the right word for it. It's just, Ugh, like a little weird to I guess okay so then what what is the movie about I mean we talked about this but like to you what's what's the movie about okay so to me it's about her deciding whether she wants to go on kind of like flying under the radar and living like a very quiet unassuming life Mm -hmm. or if she wants to grow into this bigger role where she has some kind of power to affect change yeah uh i agree uh and that was i i actually really like like at the end of the i'm not dumping on the movie i actually enjoyed it fairly you know a fair amount and i think i Especially at the end, I definitely got that. Like her big speech at the end was really what, and, and she, uh, Anne Hathaway is amazing in this for being eighteen or however old she is. She's fairly young. I think she was like yeah. eighteen or nineteen. Um, and it, like we said before, it was her first move film role, uh, and I think she does an amazing job. And that final speech, she has an incredible job, and it was very moving. I guess my, it just re- like the whole thing just gives. Here's what it is. This is what it is. Because I got that message. I agree with that message. And I think it's a really important thing for for children uh, of all um, socioeconomic levels or, uh, you know, genders, ages, whatever, to, to, to kind of um, confronting adulthood, basically, is kind yeah. of what it's about. And, and like you said, taking that step and uh, moving beyond your, uh, right. your moving, safety. Yeah, of, moving beyond what you're comfortable what with. What you're comfortable that with. safety and, zone. Yeah, and that's that's a great message, and, and I think they do a really good job, because I absolutely got that. The whole thing to me, and this is... It is what it is, and I'm, it's not again. It's not a critique. It's just something about it gave me this icky feeling of like mega privilege. Like, okay, so here's what I'll say to address that. 
not excusing it because I yeah. think you're right. But the movie is of its time. I agree. Yeah. It's it's 2001 right. in a nutshell. Yeah. And there were a ton of movies out at the time that had really similar, yeah. um, you know, themes and ideas. I mean, the whole idea of, like, the makeover where she takes off her glasses and she's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. That's a super cliche, yeah. super early 2000s mm-hmm. um, movie element. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. It is definitely of its time. And... and We've come a long way uh, as a society in recognizing that sort of stuff, even in the last five years, let alone yeah. the last 18 years or 17 years. And, and, and we've talked about this before with things like comedies and stuff where it's, it, you know, how quickly movies that came out in that time period, you know, the late 90s, early 2000s, how some of the jokes have aged so poorly in terms mm-hmm. of their... Um, sort of uh, societal uh, acceptance in terms yeah. of like, you know, the jokes that who they're at the expense of and that sort of thing. And those movies in general were made by really liberal progressive people who weren't trying to push an agenda of like, or at least not, impl- or not explicitly trying to push in a, any sort of um, like, you know, regressive or uh, conservative viewpoint on, on, on gender or sex or, or whatever. Uh, but it just, like you said, product of the time, it still happens. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's just, I, it was just the whole time I had just had that slight, yeah. Yeah, I get it. Feeling about the whole thing of just like, <sighs> she was already rich and pretty and smart. Like, <laughs> okay. Like now you're just more all of those things. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, I, I don't know. That's, that's, that's also. Yeah. Like, like I said, it's a product of its time. Um, I think were it to be adapted today, it would probably be done a little differently. We probably wouldn't have quite as many cliches. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Now I'm even doubting myself. I don't want to, because it's, I don't know. I, 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 I don't even necessarily agree with me. I'm just, <laughs> something about it made me feel a little weird and I can't put my finger on it exactly. But it just, something felt, like you said, of its time and a little out of touch in some way current with our current uh, versus media currently. But, yeah, no, whatever. totally. Okay. Anyways, moving on. Next thing. And this is the only thing I remembered from the whole movie, not, not movie, uh, the trailers, because I never saw this movie. But I, I, I vividly remembered when it happened in the movie. Oh, I remember seeing that in trailers. And it's the line where the, when the queen shows up and tells her that she's a princess and she says, shut up. And the queen's very offended. That is not in it's the It's not book. in the book, the no. shut up line. Okay. Cause it was, I only asked because it was the only thing that like stuck in my head of like remembering other than Anne Hathaway being in the movie, but like <laughs> that I, that I vividly remember from the movie, like I said, from just seeing trailers. And mm-hmm. so, to me, it was like an iconic moment because it was a big enough moment that it, they put it in every trailer and it stuck in my head from the trailers. So, that was a fabrication for the film, huh? Yeah. Okay. This, I'm sure, was added for the movie. The disgraced uh, soap opera former <laughs> Emmy winner neighbor. Oh, yeah. He's not in the book. Okay. I love him, though. He is great. <laughs> I really enjoyed him. I wish there had been more moments with him because he's in it a couple times early. And then, like, we see him again towards the end, but he's yeah. not as much throughout it. He's got, you know, he's in a handful of times, but, uh, yeah, he was delightful. 
He kind of I like that he like very like he narrates his or he he not narrates <laughs> he uh, screen directs his yeah his life basically <laughs> as he's going about his day uh, in a very depressed manner. But it was yeah that was fun. I enjoyed that. So that's a, another fabrication for the movie. This this is I, you got to explain this to me. This has to be from the book because it doesn't make any sense the way it's done in the movie, or it's so weirdly and randomly done in the movie that I was like, "What?" I was so confused until the end, and then I was like, "Oh, it was for that." That's what. Okay, so the what's his name? Michael. The, Michael. The the other love interest. Yeah, the, the one who looks like a beetle. Yeah, the one who has a beetle's haircut. He looks like Jason uh, Reitman, a guy who's in all of uh, Wes Anderson films. He's in a bunch of Wes Anderson films, hmm. and his name is Jason Schwartzman. Hmm. He he look he reminded me of him because that, Jason Schwartzman pretty much always has that sort of like beetle bob haircut. Yeah. Uh, he was in Scott Pilgrim. He was in Rushmore's the main Wes Anderson film that he was uh like the main character in but that guy okay so back to my point when we first meet him or one of the first times we meet him uh is when they go to the the car garage hangout place uh-huh. and his band is playing and the camera cuts to a close-up of the his keyboard he's playing on and it's just covered in m&ms and they're like bouncing everywhere on the keyboard and i was like what is happening Okay. <laughs> You're right. I'm okay. <laughs> okay. Is the, is the is the M and M's are those a thing? So that is not in the book. Why would okay? I'm, I'm honestly I had forgotten about that, and I'm honestly just as baffled as you are. I because I'm like, were they just trying to give him like a quirky thing? Right. Do you think? But it's such a like weird he loves way. Like M M's. Well, okay, fine. But then just show him eating M&M's in every scene. Well, that's the other thing about it, too, is that they never show him with M&M's again, again until the end. It. I know. I'm just so blown away by that. I was like, so wait. I was, because I, I, at the beginning of the movie, I had no idea. Like, we're just, it's him playing keyboard, and there's just M&M's everywhere on his <laughs> keyboard. And he's, like, playing and eating them, and I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with this kid? And then... <laughs> confused and then i was like is that gonna be a thing and then i wrote so i wrote that at that point and i'm like this must come back like this must be something or they just had a weird uh you know <laughs> they had a weird product placement deal with m&ms and they were like put them in but so then it comes the way it comes back uh is that in the end of the movie and it doesn't even come i mean it only comes back in the sense that she sends him a pizza saying sorry and the sorry is written in m&ms Right. Like, that's the payoff for the M&M setup at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. And, like, all they needed to do was show him eating M&M's one more time. That's what I mean! That, that, that's, a, that's a very common movie-making thing. You get the set-off, then you remind somebody, or you the set-up, yeah. you introduce it, then you remind the audience of this thing that you set up earlier, and then you pay it off. Yeah. <laughs> that's a very common thing that you do in films. There's, I don't know. It's got even got actually. It's like set up reminder payoff. I can't remember the terminology, but it's something along those lines. I don't know. Maybe something got cut, or yeah, I don't know. But even more boggling to me is that they, in the first scene, it's it's so distracting and strange because they're just all over his piano or his right. keyboard, and I was like, what? And honestly, you know what? 
I think they were Reese's pieces in that scene. No, they were the M&M's. I can see sure? them. Uh, yeah. Are you sure? Because they looked like it looked like it was only orange, yellow, and brown. No, they to were me. they were multiple colors. Okay. I'm pretty positive. Right. I because I I originally wrote Skittles or M&M's, so there was enough colors that I thought it was one of the two. And then I I think I realized it was M&M's because I saw one in a later shot that had in that same scene that had an M on it. I I don't know. I I feel like they were like, oh, we need a a quirky thing for him. He needs a thing. Yeah. Well, so then in that case, does she have to apologize or any? Is there any like how how does that character or storyline resolve with him? So so the reason she sends him the pizza at the end of the movie is because. Um, she bailed on his his party or whatever, or he, a yeah. rehearsal, band rehearsal. I mean, that, that never happens in the book. Okay, so does she just invite him to the ball and they go, or is that not? There's no ball. In the book. Okay, so what is a lot <laughs> other than the characters? What else happens that's the same? Anything? <laughs> <laughs> they added a lot for the movie to make it a more complete story. Yeah. Because we talked about this in the prequel. The book is part one of 11. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I haven't read any of the other ones, but I would imagine her story's a little more drawn out. Right. Um, so where does the first one end? Or the first, where does the book you read end? Okay. So the book ends and I, right so, after. Hold on. And I don't, if we're. Getting into better in the book or better in the movie, I don't want to preemptively get there. Like, if this is a point, like, you prefer how it ends. No, that's okay. fine. That's okay, fine. Okay. It ends right after um, the equivalent of the beach party Oh, thing. really? Yeah. Um, so, in the book, they have, like, a school dance, which is kind of, it's kind of the equivalent of the, of beach, their, party. Of the beach party. Right. Like she, she gets embarrassed. Yeah, she gets embarrassed. She goes with the... Uh, the jerky guy. Yeah. Um, he tries to kiss her to get publicity. Kind of plays out sort of similarly. Yeah, except the, the mean girls don't, like, try to expose her on camera. <laughs> Which that was. Whew. That was. I had forgotten about that. I was like, dude, she's underage. Yeah, she's 15. They could or go to jail. Point, but she's definitely no older than 16. And uh, yeah. California, I'm pretty sure it's not 16 is the age of consent or whatever. Or the age of... Where that's allowed. Pretty sure it's 18. So so anyway. So it ends like very shortly after that. Okay. They go to the dance and then she goes and spends the night at Lily's house and then the book ends. Well, that's a weird place for the book to end, I feel like. It's part one of a. No, I know. But I guess that's that's, it doesn't feel like that's a resolution. (laughs) Like it feels (laughs) like. So maybe. And it's interesting because you only read the first one. Maybe the second one is like. Where the rest of this movie Yeah, happens. maybe. I, I mean, I didn't find anything. Like, I did a little bit of poking around to try to figure out if it was just the first book or if they went more into... I didn't find anything, but okay. I didn't find a lot of anything either. So okay. it could be that more of the stuff that happens in the movie happens in other books. Yeah, because, like, the whole big climactic moment where she decides to be princess mm-hmm. is would not is not in no. the book. Oh, wow. All right. Interesting. I would not have expected that. I would have figured that the book would have at least gotten that far to where she makes a decision. Is that is it the same premise where she has to she decides she's going to decide? She 
is she doesn't outright make a decision by the end of the book, but like you can tell by her narration and what she's been through that she's kind of made her decision. Okay, but but it is the same thing where she's going to she's she she's has to decide whether or not she's going to more or less, yeah. Okay. okay. Wow, this is I thought this was much closer to the book. <laughs> this is this is I was not prepared for this to be so different. Um well then surely this isn't in it, but I just have to ask cuz it was terrible in the movie. The the thing with the prime minister where she gets a brain freeze from eating ice cream at the fancy dinner. No, that's not. And in then the, the prime minister and his wife pretend to have a brain. That was so dumb. <laughs> I was like it was like cringing through the whole. It's like so it was so awkward and like not funny. Yeah. Like that whole and it goes on too long where they it does it, go on. And too I'm like, long. what are you guys doing? And I guess the idea I guess part of it too is that I never felt like the prime minister and his wife were set up as like being close enough to her or liking her enough to like fall on their sword to like because that's what the premise of the scene is that she gets a brain freeze and in order to make it seem like she's not the only one freaking out they do it too yeah to like kind of like you know wingman her a little bit but i never got the feeling like they were the people like they met five minutes ago in the movie and they seemed nice enough but they didn't seem like they were like she just met them and i guess i just didn't but i get i get i get again i get i guess i get the the idea that because they're the prime minister and the wife that they want, well, I would assume they they want that family to stay yeah in power. So right. so they're doing their best to sort of smooth over the situation, but they do it in a way that is the least <laughs> possible smoothing yeah. out of that situation. They just act like clowns for ten minutes and then the scene ends. <laughs> I don't. All right. Does the Queen of Genovia commit fraud? <laughs> In the book. We're talking about the car accident So there's scene. a scene in the movie where they're driving up a hill uh, in Mia, uh, Anne Hathaway's uh, Mustang that has been repaired recently. And she's not a very good driver. Or the car doesn't work right. I don't, I couldn't I really it's tell. A bit it's of both. both. I don't know. But it ends up rolling back down a hill because they're in San Francisco. Um, and it slams into a tr- uh, streetcar. A, a trolley. Yeah, a trolley. Um. <laughs> And the cops come, and they're going to take her downtown for a car accident, which, <laughs> that's not a thing. Even though it's a trolley, it's still basically just a traffic infraction. Nobody got hurt. Nobody, like, you don't get taken to the police station for getting in a car accident. But She was driving without a license. Oh, right, because the other, yeah, even, yeah, I guess, yeah, technically, that's true. Because her, her, the queen didn't yeah, have a license her, either. Uh, her licensed adult wasn't technically licensed. Fair enough. I guess that's possible. But anyway, so the queen gets out of this by pretending to knight, essentially, these two people. Yeah. Um, even though it's a thing that doesn't exist. It's some order of the roses or whatever, which isn't a real thing. <laughs> uh, it's a good thing Google wasn't right? super popular back then. Because <laughs> I feel like those guys would have immediately been like, order of the... Oh, that's not a thing. <laughs> So, does that happen in the book? Uh, no, it doesn't. They don't get out of a traffic accident by no. defrauding a policeman? Uh, and Mia's only 14 in the book. Okay. She's, they aged her up just ever so slightly yeah, year. for the movie. Um, so she's a little bit young for having a car to yeah. make sense. Also, they live in New York. and Yeah, 
Less people have yeah, cars. You nobody drive has more. cars in New York. Right? That's probably why they moved it to San Francisco. Well, and also <laughs> because it's closer to LA. But yeah, huh? That's yeah. That makes sense. And then they can do the whole thing with the hills. Because mm-hmm. it wouldn't make sense in New York. Everything there's no hills. And they can <laughs> the go city. to the beach. Yeah, they can go to the beach and have a beach party. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. Okay, final. Or nope, sorry, I got two more. Uh. This was really random and weird, and I don't know if it's a plot. This makes me think it was in the book because they went to the they went in they they went to the extent of mentioning it in the movie, but then it just drops off the face of the earth in the movie and is only vaguely. It doesn't even come up again. We just see the mom again at the end. So like right around the end of the first act, Mia's mom is like, "Oh, by the way, I'm fucking the teacher." <laughs> And Mia's like, "What? How dare you? There, I'm gonna. Be, they're all gonna make fun of me. I'm fucking one of the four teachers that work at your school. <laughs> there are only four. Yeah. If you watch the movie, you see the same four. It's the prince, vice principal, and then three teachers: yeah. the gym teacher, whatever uh, the, that gym guy teacher is, and the male teacher, and then a black lady that you just see in the background. Yeah, you just see we never actually see them. her teach. No. Um. So the guy, the one male teacher that works at the school, uh, they're dating." her and her mom are dating and she's all mad because they're dating and now that's brought up and then never touched on again and then yeah. just at the end of the movie at the final ball thing they're there together but like there's not even there's not even anything made of it they're just there together and i was like wait so why did you even bring all right and it is in the book I've, i i had does, to assume yeah. it was she dates her algebra teacher yes i had to book. assume there's a little bit more made of it in the book it's not like a main focus or even yeah. like really like a, a secondary focus, but if there is a little bit more made of it, I don't know why they bothered to include it if they weren't going to do, do anything with, it. with yeah. it. That was the thing that was so weird to me in the movie. It was like, it felt like there was at least one or two more scenes that got cut because it was already yeah. a two hour movie and it's a kid's movie and it was already kind of, I mean, it was like an hour and 50 minutes, which is already kind of pushing it for mm-hmm. sort of a, a comedy kids movie. Um, but yeah, I was like, why, why did that come up? And we just abandoned it in any way, shape or form. It's literally just one scene for three minutes. So she can complain about her mom. Yeah. She doesn't even have a moment at the end of the film where she goes to her mom and goes, you know what? I've grown so much. I want you to be happy. <laughs> Be, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's not even that moment, like, yeah. which would kind of make sense or something. But again, here's the thing: the three thing thing. They set it. The three, the setup, the reminder, and the payoff. Here's all I have to do with that to make that subplot make a lot of sense. Set it up. Um, by the way, I'm dating one of your teachers. She's super mad about it. Reminder somewhere in the second act where she sees them together, or her mom comes and picks her up from. I don't know how you do it. Something where the mom's at the son's school and she like kisses the teacher once on the cheek or something to remind us about this and and me is all huffy about it or something mm-hmm. um but she also sees that her mom looks really happy but she's still huffy about it and then payoff at the end final scene you guys look good together or some you know boom 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 give us that or give pay off that subplot why was it even in there Should, it's ugh, ridiculous okay see and i wonder um i don't remember exactly where it occurs where she found out that her mom was dating him. Yeah, I don't either. But there's the scene. Okay, so after she gets her makeover and she has the hat on 
in class and the mean girls like oh, there is a reminder. I don't think anyone yes. should be exempt to that rule. I wonder if that was supposed to be a reminder. He may even say something now that you mention it. He says like sorry Mia or something yeah. like that. But it's like I, I think maybe it's it was supposed to be a reminder, but right you're right, it's not overt enough. It's not they don't actually link it back no. to and then even if it was, they still don't pay it off at the end, so it doesn't... That's true, you know, yeah. It doesn't really matter. Other than, again, we see them together at the end, but there's no payoff. All right, final one for was that in the book, and we'll move on. Um, and this, cause it's a, this is a thing that they set up, remind, and pay off. Uh, is the the foot pop, I think she calls it? Well, she it. wants a, yeah, a foot pop kiss. Yes. Is First, is that... In the book. No, it's not. So that whole print, that whole no, idea is not, not mentioned. Yeah. Okay. Well, then, I don't know, my second part isn't relevant. Because I was thinking, okay, I could potentially see that being in the book, the whole foot, like, that being a thing. Uh, but then I was like, you know what, 100% was added? If that wasn't added for the movie, 100% was added for a movie? Is that when her foot goes up, she kicks the lights on in the garden, and it's like a light show? Yeah. And all the fountains turn on? I was like, yeah, no, nonsense. There's no way that was in the book. <laughs> Which it wasn't, because none of it was in the book, so... Let's move on to Lost, an adaptation. Just show me the way to get out of here, and I'll be on my way. Wow, a lost. Yes, yes, and I want to get unlost as soon as possible. So I really only have one for this, and it's I kind of already know the answer, and it might be, although it may be different in the, in the book, so maybe you'll have some more background on it. Because this was my question initially watching the movie, because we never find out, we do eventually find out, that Mia's mom is an artist mm-hmm. and seems to be a, very, a moderately successful artist. Because originally I was like, how the fuck does a single mom with a kid afford a 3,200 foot, like, uh, what I would imagine is a very in demand, <laughs> like really cool, you know, it's yeah. a, it's a, it's a, it's, it's the Ghostbusters fire station house. Except in downtown San Francisco. I'm like, I can't imagine what the rent or the mortgage on that would be. It would be astronomical. What is her mother doing? Because I, at least, again, initially, we never we never got any implication. Now, eventually, they it makes pretty clear that she's an artist. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I guess this was almost, was that in the book? Or how did they change it? Or what? So, they live in, so in the book, they live in a loft in, in somewhere in New York, which is also yeah. a very pricey place to live. It is uh, alluded to what her mother does in the book. She is also an artist. Okay. And she is fairly successful. Right. She kind of talks about, oh, she had, like, this painting that was really yeah. popular and blah, 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 blah. She's gotten a lot of grants and stuff like yeah. that. So she's fairly successful. Probably about as successful as you can be as an artist. Yeah. And to be a, yeah, that makes sense. And that's the vibe I got. It seemed like, and I actually really liked her. <laughs> Got distracted a few times in the background. I was like, her art's actually pretty fucking cool. <laughs> like, I was like, I was, I would be okay with owning some of that art. Um, but yeah, that, yeah, okay. So yeah, so in the book, artist. the book also mentions that Mia's dad pays a lot of their expenses. Okay. Um, I and I don't know if that translates into the film, but if they're divorced, they mention that they're divorced in the movie yeah which is not the case in the book they were never married Did they mention they were divorced yeah she says it when at some point when her mom's talking to her she says like after the divorce or something like Hmm. that because i caught that this time i'd never noticed it before that they made them divorced right for this interesting like they cleaned that up a little bit yeah 
Because I actually, I guess I missed that. I, to me, in my head, they were just never married. Yeah. Watching the movie. I, that yeah. was just how, I, I guess I either missed the line about the divorce or I, or maybe she said split and I just took it not. No, she says know. divorce. Okay. All right. I'm taking yeah, she said it. at some point, she says like after the divorce. Um. Anyway, so, my point being, if they're divorced, maybe she's getting alimony. Yeah. Yeah. And that was what I was wondering. Was like okay, well, and 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 in the movie they very explicitly, as we mentioned earlier, say that her dad paid for her schooling, right? And so that that all makes sense, and I can I can buy all that. And and even if without the money, I, you know, if she's that successful of an artist, I could understand how she could have enough money to live in, you know, a fancy place in San Francisco. Yeah, it's a good place to probably live if you're a fan, if you're a very yeah, successful yeah. artist. It's a, a place where people demand a lot of art and will buy a lot of art, <laughs> so it makes sense. We're moving on to better in the book. You like to read? Oh yes, I love to read. What do you like to read? Everything. So we just talked about. Um... The difference between our parents being divorced versus never having been married at all. Yes. In the book, they were never married. I think that makes more sense. I agree. And that, again, to me, that was what I thought yeah. in the movie. I guess I just missed one line because that was what it it made sense to me. And that was just what I thought had happened is that they had just never been married. But I agree. Since, since it does seem that they did change that for the movie, that makes more sense yeah. in the book. So... Unsurprisingly, the book is in diary format. Yeah, no, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. Hence. Which we kind of lose in the movie. Does she? She's like writing a diary entry at the very end. Yeah, does she have a voiceover? She doesn't even have a voiceover, mm -mm. does no. she? No. Yeah. Which, and I understand why that got dropped because I don't think it, tra I think it does make it a little harder to understand like her kind of inner turmoil at the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Well, and I, I, I got that pretty well, and I, or the inner turmoil thing, and I, I, and I actually, I bought into how overwhelming it would be, and how, like I said, I think Anne Hathaway does a really good job mm -hmm. in the movie, uh, sort of portraying all that, and so yeah, I, I got that. I can see how you would get obviously slightly more insight with a first person, yeah, narrative narrator, basically. So I love the character of Joe. Yes. In the movie. And he is a movie creation. Oh, so he's not He's not in the book. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um and I do love him and I think that was a good change. However, we lost something that I was a little sad that we lost. What did we lose? Which is her bodyguard, Lars. Hmm. So after she gets outed as a princess in the book, she has um, they hire a bodyguard to like okay. follow her around at school, right. basically, which makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. It's kind of he added like kind of an interesting element, um, especially when she was out at the dance with Josh, who turns out to be a big jerk. Right. That was my whole thought. Oh. <laughs> I thought you were going somewhere with it, because uh, the way you the way you trailed off, I thought that was going somewhere else. So I, that to me, that sounds like they took elements of the bodyguard character, and that was what turned into Joe. Yeah, totally. Because I mean, he's he has vaguely bodyguardish 
moments and his yeah. whole look kind of you know he's like all in black wears like a leather jacket and he, he has a scene at the school where he talks about the security at the right school he's and, like very like comes off as like uh like he's the head of the genovian cia or something like that who joe or yeah like, yeah or, or like secret service or something yeah secret yeah, yeah. service that's what i mean yeah yeah um but he's also the driver but yeah he's kind of like he said he's kind of like a mixed mixture character and i mm-hmm. guess the it makes sense they did that so that he could be in more of the film by right. making him the driver he can be there from the beginning basically once she shows up and uh and have a sweet romance with julie and andrews have a sweet romance with julie andrews and get played by hector Elizondo, who is in <laughs> every single one of gary marshall's movies yeah so but i know i do love joe um I just feel like we maybe missed out on some comedic opportunity with not having a big buff bodyguard follow her around school. Fair enough. I could see that. I mean, I feel like they punched up. I mean, Joe is nothing but comedy in the film. Like He's <laughs> just true. comedic relief, yeah. so I don't know how much we'd miss with... <laughs> how much we did miss by not having the security guard, because I think they just transferred all of the humor into Joe's character. Um which I, I actually, and I, I'm sure it was on purpose, but for the longest time, until about the halfway point, was like, he's going to end up being bad. Really? Yeah. No, I <laughs> thought he was going to end up being like some weird spy or working for That's so funny. some other people. Like for the longest time, I had a note that said, oh, I'm sure the guy dressed in all black in this kid's movie definitely won't end up being evil. <laughs> um. But I, but there was a point, yeah, pretty early. I, I abandoned that idea fairly early on when I think it became pretty clear that wasn't going to be the case. But when he was mm-hmm. first introduced for like the first few scenes, he was in, I was like, mm, I'm on to you. <laughs> I wasn't. I was not on you. <laughs> you were fooled. Yep. There was another character cut that again totally understand why she got cut. But I missed her. In the book, Mia has um, another friend, a, a girl that she becomes friends with because her and Lily are in a fight for like almost the entire book. Right. Um, and her name is Tina Hakim Baba. And she is a very wealthy oil heiress who also has to have a bodyguard follow her around school. So she was like kind of a social pariah. Gotcha. And they like become friends. Yeah, and she yeah, was kind like like I said, like I understand why she got cut, but she was kind of a fun character. Uh-huh. Um she was someone who was very sympathetic to Mia when she kinda needed that. Yeah. Yeah. And um the movie has a distinct lack of diversity. <laughs> Boy does it ever. <laughs> Other than Hector Elizondo. Pretty much. And um, the vice principal. Yeah, the vice principal. Well, yeah, the vice principal yeah. and then that black teacher in the background who yeah. doesn't do anything, just sits in the background. And that's, that's it. Uh, that's it. That's it, kids. That is it. And it is in San Francisco, but it is in a private school, like an expensive private school. So I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, but yeah. You would think there'd be a few more non-white people <laughs> <laughs> in San Francisco <laughs> in the early 2000s, but it could be wrong. I'm just saying. 
Middle Eastern girl could have helped with that. Yeah, it's true. Helped. All right, well, that's it for better in the book. Let's move on and talk about what was better in the movie. My life has taught me one lesson, Hugo, and not the one I thought it would. Happy endings only happen in the movies. Okay, so my first thing here is actually something that I'm kind of torn on, whether it's better in the book or better in the movie. It's it's different, okay. and it works in different ways in each version. So in the book, her dad is alive. Hmm, okay. He just can't have children. What do you mean? Because he has testicular cancer. But, wait, back up. (laughs) But it's her dad. He can't have any more children. Right, he can't have any more children, which makes her the heir to the throne. Gotcha, okay. Because he can't have another heir. Gotcha, yes. I don't know which one's better, but I get why they changed it. I totally get why they changed it. Um, They probably didn't want to talk about testicles in a Disney movie. No. Um, And I think that killing him off kind of adds a more serious emotional note. It raises the stakes a little bit. Yeah. And it makes her seem less dumb, because she seems real dumb in the book when she doesn't know that... She's a princess, and she's like, she spends summers in Genovia oh, with him. Oh, does she? Yeah. What? And like, has no idea that he's nobility. How? <laughs> I'm like, okay, honey, I, you're 14, I get that. You're a kid. You're a kid, I get it. Oh, that's really weird. But like, at some point. Wouldn't somebody have, like, said something? That, yeah. Like, even if you couldn't figure it out on your own, like, at some point, somebody would have referred to him as your majesty, right? You would think. I would think. Oh, yeah, back to my point. How much does this say about her fucking privilege if she goes and lives with a fucking <laughs> prince of a European country and can't tell the difference between that and her life back in America? <laughs> She's so blinded by her own privilege, she doesn't realize she's living with a fucking monarch. Oh, like that's ridiculous. That okay, makes so, so much I, more I sense in the this movie. Is better in the movie. Uh, it's so much better. That's ridiculous. <laughs> like, yeah, because in the movie, the, the, the premise is that uh, he, they, 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 her mom's and her dad split up while she's a baby, basically, yeah. and her mom takes her back to America and. Tells her that her dad is over there or something. Like, she knows her dad was over there and, yeah. and and whatever, but she doesn't know anything about him, basically, it seems like. Other than, you know, he had some money or whatever. But And, and they have no contact, really, with any of the family, for the most part. She gets, like, a mm-hmm. card from her grandma mm-hmm. that just says, like, happy birthday every year. So there's no reason she would know or assume any of that. She would just... It's probably something they don't really ever talk about, and they just, you know... That sort of thing. So that at least makes some sense. But, like, yeah. going and spending summers... <laughs> In a fucking no, castle. Like, she, <laughs> like, she comes off as real dumb and oblivious. Uh, and I and to be fair, it is part of her character growth, sort of. She gets not dumb. <laughs> she or, she gets yeah, I mean she matures. Right. You know. No, I mean we were all dumb when we were kids. Yeah. There's so many things I look back and go, Wow, I'm stupid. <laughs> I'm not I get that. It's just boy. This, 
it's a pretty epic level of being unaware of your surroundings and maybe it's a commentary on uh social classes in america hmm. like the one percent when they go over to live with monarchs they can't tell the difference because <laughs> they live so well i don't think she's supposed to be one percent she's living in a loft in new york city let's i don't know i know i'm just joking but <laughs> okay what else is better in the book love charlotte the queen's uh assistant lady. oh yeah Charlotte was a great ad. She's not in the book. She's not in the movie a ton, but yeah, she's not in it a ton. But I, I like she her did a have lot. A really great line, it. didn't she? I feel like she had a line we both really laughed at. Now nah, I shouldn't have even said that because we're not gonna be able to. Remember what it was, but. <laughs> <laughs> I could have swore she had a line later in the movie or a moment later in the movie that we both like laughed out loud about, like towards the end. But it doesn't matter. I was it when she replaced the vase? No, it wasn't that. It was before that. It was. I don't remember. It doesn't matter. All it's right. irrelevant. <laughs> Fun. Sorry, um, people. You want to know what that moment was? You'll never know. To, you're just going to have to watch the movie and, and try to figure it out. If there, she has a moment that makes you laugh. That was probably it. Uh, so I love Charlotte. I love Joe. I'll take the loss of Lars in order to get Joe. Yeah. I'll take it. Um, and then my next note is just all caps, the neighbor. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes, he is fantastic. I wish he was in it a little more, but he's delightful. And I do like that interaction with him. That was, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. This might be what I'm thinking of, and it might have been a different side character. Because I think we both definitely laughed out loud at this. I still don't think this is it. But where he's talking to Joe when Joe gets there. Mm-hmm. And he's like, do you know where Mia is or whatever? And he's like, he's, I don't remember the com- the context or how it gets there. But eventually he asks him if he's a spy. <laughs> the neighbor <laughs> asks him if he's a spy. And he goes, I'm not a spy. And he's like, that's exactly what a spy would say. <laughs> <laughs> Which made me laugh, but. <laughs> so there were a lot of changes to Queen Clarice, Julie Andrews. Yeah, apparently, yeah. From book to movie. Mary Poppins up in this bitch. Yeah. Um, so in the book, it's funny, you mentioned that the t- tattooed on eyeliner seemed kind of trashy. Yeah. For a monarch, she's a little trashy. Is she? In the book, yeah. She's, um,. How do I describe this? She's one of those old ladies who, like, makes herself up a lot and carries around a small dog. Mm-hmm. And she's kind of mean. Right. Um, and she's a fun character in the book. Like, it's it's kind of funny and it's kind of interesting. But I can't imagine Julie Andrews playing that character. Yeah. And I, I liked that having her be more kind of regal and yeah. sympathetic yeah. allowed for more development like between yeah the, those two characters between her and mia yeah because i actually really liked their relationship i thought it was one of the more endearing parts of the yeah. movie it's, and that's something that's not present in the book yeah their their relationship and the way their relationship grows and how they both change each other yeah and and just julie andrews is just delightful and so like that all of that yeah, I was a good change. You you would lose a lot of 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 like I said of that. I think, yeah, you would lose a their, lot of the heart, the heart of, of the, the movie. movie if you drop. And it also, it also to me, I don't know how it plays out in the book necessarily, but it also to me adds more stakes in the sense that Julie Andrews' version of the Queen has made it clear to 
or has at least told her this now it seems obvious that she would much prefer Mia to become the princess or keep mm-hmm. her title but she's made it clear to Mia in the film that she goes look I you know I love you either way you're a great person but like and they have a very heartwarming moment together she goes regardless of how you decide to me that adds to the stakes of her decision and yeah. it also adds more agency to her decision where she it feels like she is not pressured Right. By anybody. Yeah. And in the book, there's definitely a lot of pressure on her from yeah. all sides, which is a little problematic, I think. Yeah, it is, but it, it's also realistic. To it's where... realistic. Yeah, it's realistic. But like you said, it. I, I like that the movie gives her yeah. that agency. Yeah. There were also a ton of character changes to Lily, the best friend. Right, okay. Um, in the book, she's kind of a huge twat. <laughs> She's like a really terrible friend. Like, I'm not exaggerating when I say that they are in a fight, like, not speaking to each other for most of the book. Yeah. And it's basically because Lily was a huge bitch. Interesting. Just because, like, in what way? Like, it's similar to the movie, or is it... Like, so we start off, and she's, like, super bossy, and, like, kind of a control freak, and she gets mad... When Mia cuts her hair, like, basically, if she gets mad because she cut her hair without telling her or, like, asking her permission, yeah. kind of. We've all had a friend like that <laughs> occasionally in our lives. Um, that's portrayed in the movie. To, yeah. Because, I, I mean, that's the first moment that when she, like, freaks out and they get in a big fight is when she shows up and her hair is all, she didn't get it cut that. And she gets it cut some and it straightens it and whatnot. And right. But it's it's resolved in the movie and Lily acts like a reasonable human being. Yeah. Um, in the book, even after she finds out about the whole princess thing, yeah. she's still, like, pissed at me and hmm. won't talk to her. Anyway, I think that the changes to her character kind of allowed Mia to have a more salient character arc Uh Um, rather than focusing on this thing with Lily so much. It allowed it to be more about like relationships and um, her gaining self-confidence. Yeah. Cool. A couple other things that I liked better in the movie. I liked that they included gym class (laughs) because I hated gym class. And that's so like, I identified with Mia so much as a teenager. Like, just get me the fuck out of gym class, please. Yeah. The two people who are going to ascend to the throne, yeah. if she doesn't, that's not in the book. Yeah, I kind of Like, figured. they kind of make vague mention of, like, oh, the 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 line will change if you don't right. ascend to the throne. But I think the, the addition of, like, actual people to root yeah. against is really helpful. Yeah. And they're comically awful yeah yeah they're they're your arch villainous yeah uh you know evil aunt and uncle or whatever <laughs> whatever they're supposed to be who yeah some other branch of the family that some, all yeah, they're assume the throne usurpers of, yeah family, yeah so i thought that was good they're lord denethor and <laughs> his wife <laughs> um i love the Stewards. part where julie andrews commits fraud <laughs> yeah that's great and i think that ending with the big ball is much more climactic and satisfying oh yeah it, than it, how the book ended and like i said it's an end yeah <laughs> like i said end. a book is 
part one of many. Yeah. So that, you know, there are sequels. So I get kind of why it ends on not a cliffhanger, but it doesn't have like a nice tidy wrapped up ending. Movie has to have a nice tidy wrapped up ending because they don't know if it's going to be successful. Yeah, they had no idea if they were going to make another one. A sequel. No, they had to have. And just for the plot structure of a film, it makes no sense to end where the book ends. That just. People right. will be like, what? <laughs> That's stupid. What? So those are the other things that I liked better in the movie. Cool. I have some random notes. Um, has there ever been a better opening song for a 2000s teen movie? No, no, there hasn't. My first note, Christina Aguilera's Supergirl. Oh, boy. <laughs> Strap in. <laughs> that is Christina Aguilera, right? I don't think it is. Damn it. I'm pretty sure it is. Um, I don't think it is. Uh, it's Crystal Harris. I don't know who the fuck that is, so never mind. <laughs> I don't know. She, she had that, that song. She had yeah. that song. I don't know. Probably had something else that I don't know about or don't remember. Yeah. Anyway, it's a fantastic opening song. I'll fight you on it. I didn't. I I was. It. I was just. My first three notes basically are summed up into this is a time capsule of <laughs> terrible design and terrible aesthetic. Uh, Two thousand was a yeah. rough year. No, I, I mean I, they ride I'm... scooters to work. They're electric <laughs> or to school. They're electric scooters. They're like those weird. Yeah. That nobody that I knew owned because they were like crazy expensive. Yeah. We all just had the regular razor scooters that you had to kick. They had the electric ones, but then they also uh, that one kid is sitting. The kid with the red hair, which mm-hmm. I got a note about later, is sitting in front of the school, and he's on uh, one of those Apple MacBooks that are like <laughs> that were all yeah. different colors, yeah. you know. Uh, and then uh, Lily's hair, yes. with all the teeny tiny little ponytails sticking up yes. everywhere. It reminded me constantly of that girl I had a crush on from Even Stevens. <laughs> what is her name? The They're, main girl? Oh, no, from Lizzie McGuire. Oh, Miranda. Miranda. Oh, Wasn't oh, her hair like that? Yeah. Everybody <laughs> yeah. had a crush on Miranda, though. I yeah. had a crush on Miranda. <laughs> yeah, her hair. And then uh, I mentioned at one point when we were in her bedroom, I was like, this is the most, this tableau. Yeah. It's just the most early 2000s. She had a lava lamp. She had a furry butterfly chair. Yeah. It was all great. Yep. Oh, and she wears a bucket hat. Yeah, I guess that was a thing for a while. It was a thing. I had a bucket hat. Oh, boy. I did... You know, if they wanted to make a middle-aged Harry Potter movie right now, and they didn't want to age up Emma Watson, I feel like Anne Hathaway should just go get her hairpiece from this movie (laughs) and do it. Because when she's... Those scenes where she was... Had the giant hairpiece in. It yeah. Was just like, just, it, like, that's what Hermione's hair should have looked yeah. like for the entire yeah. series. Yeah. Was that. That, and she's got, you know, she's got a kind of big front teeth and bushy eyes. Like, she looked yeah. exactly like what I always imagined Hermione <laughs> to look like for most of the that early part of the movie. Speaking of, her hair before the makeover changes sizes every scene. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed this. Yeah. The scenes where it's in that, they have that giant hairpiece in, it's like... I know, Everywhere. it's massive. And then the next scene, she's playing soccer or whatever, and it's like, 
very it's, yeah it's when she has it pulled back it's just her hair yeah curled. that's what i mean but yeah. it's like where did all the rest of it go that's not how <laughs> hair works like no that's mm-mm. but it goes back and forth like every scene it's like it's like up and it, and it's like there's this like banking on people not realizing or not knowing that if you with as much hair as she has even if she put it up it wouldn't look like it looks right now there would yeah. be so much more hair there still which I, it, yeah. Oh, uh, the other thing about her hair that drives me absolutely insane is that I feel like they implied that she had a perm, I didn't or know. maybe maybe Paulo like chemically relaxed her hair because you don't go from that texture to having it perfectly smooth and straight all the time, and then later on she's like out in the rain, and I'm like, if her hair was actually that texture naturally it would be a fuzzball right now because that's what my hair does in the rain yeah and my hair is not even as like big and puffy as hers is at the beginning of the movie yeah speaking of her eyebrows (laughs) was let's play a little game called was that as racist as it sounded (laughs) julie andrews says nice eyes hidden under those giant bushman eyebrows (laughs) I, yeah. like, did some quick Googling trying to find out what the fuck that meant, and I could not find anything. All I could find was quotes from this movie, like, references to this movie. But she says Bushman eyebrows. Not bushy. Yeah. Bushman. Bushman eyebrows. I mean, I've heard that to refer to, like, native people. That's what I mean. Yeah. Like, that sounds very imperialistic. Yeah, I mean that would work for for I, the queen of a European country. Yeah, just I I I was unsure. <laughs> but then like, I almost wonder if maybe they were like they like meant like caveman. Maybe and yeah. and thought the two terms were interchangeable, which would know. be ignorant on their part. I don't know. But, I just was like, but Whoa. maybe better than like an out and out. Yeah. Racial, racial slur. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, again, I maybe it's not. Maybe there's a meaning or like something that I was just I yeah. was unable to find, or, uh, or maybe she said something else and I just misheard it. But I'm pretty sure that's what it's because I, like I said, I saw a bunch of quotes from the movie and that's what it said every time. See, I thought you were going to talk about when when Paolo names her eyebrows Frida and Kahlo. Oh, yeah, that too. That's, that's... also kind of a little... Uh, yeah, it's not, I mean, because that's... It's a little unsavory, it's at not, least. It's unsavory, maybe, because it's like what we talked about with uh, Coco, though, where it's like, she's a person with a very distinctive right. look, and yeah. it's, you know, but yeah. It's if nothing else, it's insensitive. But it's yeah. He was supposed to be on insensitive, right? He was kind of a douche, douche, yeah, kind of a slimy guy. And she also looks thirty five after her makeover. Yeah, she looks way older. She looks so much older, and it's it's the makeup. It's yeah, it's it's the style of makeup. I mean, and once she takes off the makeup, I think. She goes back to looking a little younger. Not 15. No, no, no. But, but I don't think she ever really looks 15. No. She looks fairly young early, but yeah, maybe not 15. Yeah. And then the only other note I had was that the, uh, not sure how this private school, with all their strict uniform rules and everything, lets this one kid get away with dyeing his hair bright red. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. Or maybe he did it and then they were like... Don't, yeah, don't do it don't again. Don't do it again, and, you know, they can't do anything until it grows out. Yeah. It's sort of like making I mean, him shave his head. I, when, I was in, when I was in private school, 
K through eight, a guy a couple grades ahead of me, like he had really dark hair and he bleached it and it turned like orange, orange yeah. like orange, orange. We weren't supposed to dye our hair unnatural colors, yeah. but like there was nothing they could do about it. Yeah. That's what I was wondering. I was like, yeah. I feel like that norm that wouldn't be allowed, but again, maybe they, he got, you know, susp- maybe he got detention for whatever. And yeah. they were like, you know, don't die it again. <laughs> um, I have another, I have just a couple more okay. notes. Another early 2000s thing that I forgot to mention earlier, she's wearing foam platform flip-flops at the beach. Oh, they're huge. Yeah. I didn't even know they were real. Fl- oh, they were real. I thought it was just to make her taller for the scene. No. <laughs> and they, like, left Those it. were, I had a pair of those, everyone had a pair of those. Those were obnoxiously thick. You don't remember those? No, not at all. Holy shit, how do you not remember I, those? I, everyone I wore them. I legitimately thought those were fake. From, like, 1998 like, to, like, 2004. I don't remember. I, I never wore flip-flops, I, um, and... Well, you wouldn't have worn platform And I wouldn't have worn platform anyway. ones, and I just didn't pay attention, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Okay, so my last note, this is a random thing that I noticed. At one point when she's in her uh, firehouse house, she gets out a bottle of water, like a regular bottle of water, and pours it into a glass to drink it. And I was like, why? (laughs) This is definitely a commentary on the upper (laughs) class now. What privilege. Like, I literally wrote, like, what the fuck are you doing? (laughs) Why? It was already in a vessel you can drink out of. Drink out of the bottle. (laughs) That's so weird. Like, if you just wanted her to be doing something with her hands, just put a pitcher of water in the fridge. Like, come on. What? what? (laughs) (laughs) Just pour this bottle of water into that cup. Or, like, have her go to the sink or something. Like... Uh, okay, we gotta wrap this up. Let's move on. <laughs> it's time for the final verdict. Now, uh, are you ready for your sentence? Sentence? But there must be a verdict first. Sentence first. Verdict afterwards. Katie, Princess Diaries. Is the book or the movie better? I'm gonna give it to the movie. Boo! Yeah! I like the book a lot. I think it's a really good book. I think it's super cute. I think it has a lot of positive messages in it. But I think that the movie tells um, a tighter, more succinct story with better arcs and a more satisfying narrative. Boom. I got nothing to add. Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) That's going to do it for this episode. Let's talk briefly about next week's episode. We're going to see Ready Player One this weekend. Comes out Friday. About halfway through the book. I gotta finish it up this week. So go out and see Ready Player One this weekend. It's getting great reviews so far. Roughly. I say great. Pretty good reviews. It's got like an 80 something percent on Rotten Tomatoes and people are calling it a return to blockbuster form for Sir Steven Spielberg. He is not knighted. Um, (laughs) So I'm excited to see it. We're gonna go do that this weekend and then next Tuesday it's the Ready Player One First Switch episode where I will be waxing about the book and you'll be interrogating me about it and I'll be quizzing you on characters. And you'll be passing judgment at the end. And I'll be passing judgment, which I love to pass judgment. I know you do. I can't wait. That's next week. Until then, you can find us on Facebook. Just search This Film Is Lit. 
Twitter, at this film is lit. Goodreads, just search this film is lit. Instagram, at this film is lit, or <laughs> search this film is lit. I don't know how that works. Uh, and we have a subreddit that I need to post posts on, and I keep forgetting to, but we'll do that. Uh, it's there. You can actually, I think, I think guests or people can post. So if there's a, if there's an episode you want to talk about and there isn't a post made for it, you can just make a text post on Reddit. If, assuming you know what, how to use Reddit, you have a Reddit account. You can make a post for an episode if there isn't one there for an episode you want to talk about. Make the post and, uh, we'll, you know, we'll comment on it and that sort of thing. But I, it is my goal to make one for every episode. I just have been falling behind. But anyways, those are all the places, all the social medias where you can find us. Uh, you got anything else, Katie? Nope, that's it. Until next time, keep reading books, keep watching movies, keep being awesome. <laughs>